Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. Unknown where the cursed wave was born, after the stars doth cross the heavens, the sky in the east doth darken, and air doth fills with morning. From the chosen land beyond the forest, a sign of the wave comes. Riding the wave is scathe, the shadow of death, to drown all that stands. Mirage of deceit, Enis, betray all with the flawed image, and did aid the wave, and by the power of Magus, a drop from the wave doth reach the heavens, and creates a new wave. With the wave, Fidchel, the power to tell the dark future, hope darkens in sadness and despair rule. Gore, schemes when swallowed by the cursed wave. Maka seduces with the sweet trap. Wave reaches the pinnacle, and escape none can. Tarvos still remains with more cruelty to punish and destroy, and with the turbulent destruction after the wave, only a void remains. From deep within the void arrives Corvus. Thank you very much, our prestigious guest professor from Handsome Phantom, Mr. Cameron Abbott, joining me this week on RPG University, where we talk about dot hack infection. Mr. Cameron, thank you so much, my friend, for joining us and that brilliant reading of the Epitaph of Twilight. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, I just have to say I was so excited when I saw you kind of putting this series together on Twitter. And it just kind of came all together and mm-hmm. shot a bunch of DMs out, and I was lucky to be one of them, and I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you for having me. Uh, no problem. I You listed some fantastic RPGs, and Dot Hack, I think, is one of those series that um, is criminally underrated. Oh my gosh. And That's so true. It's so, so much true. so, especially the games. Like, especially the games. Like This was like a niche medium that Bandai Namco mm-hmm. has basically built their empire off of. Yeah. I mean, that and, like, you know, uh, like Soul Calibur and, like, a few other really great games, mm-hmm. but definitely this is, like, a series that, I mean, it, it's such a brilliant concept, and it was way ahead of its time, which is part of the plot. Oh, like, crazy ahead of its time. Yeah. Crazy ahead of time. So, it was great uh, to have you on to talk a little bit, the first part of this quadrilogy, Dot Hack Infection, so it was, it's an absolute pleasure to be able to have you on. Um, we've, we've met only in person once before, but you're, uh, a wonderful individual, insanely talented. So it's my pleasure and honor to be able to have you on one of our episodes. So thank you for, uh, for taking time to come and talk some dot hacks. So yeah, the sentiments that you just expressed are completely echoed by me. You oh, are well, an incredible you. individual and just, I mean, just looking at kind of this, 
uh, creation you've done with RPG University is just so fantastic, and I'm just glad to be a part of it. Oh, well, well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And like you said just moments ago, this game, Dot Hack Infection, was incredibly ahead of its time for younger kids that may not know. Sword Art Online was almost probably a decade or two ahead, like, uh, wouldn't come to be for another decade or so. Oh, I gotta say, it's even further than that. When did was it two? Would it be let two me, decades? Let me go ahead and look this up here. Sword Art Online. The uh, visual novel, I don't know when the visual novel came out. The novel series started in 2013, so... Okay, so it's a decade. It's it's literally, like, 11 years. It's got 11 years yes. on, on Sword Art Online, which has, like, insanely popularized the subgenre of like this yes online stuff it dot hack created the genre that sword art is uh made popular let's yeah. say but yes this game specifically originally came out in japan back in june 20th of 2002 in north america on february 10th of 2003 and in europe on march 26 2004 so this is like 16 years old now crazy it is oh my gosh i was so excited when this game came out because mm-hmm. uh, i fell in love with the anime that came out on like they had oh yeah dot hack sign dot hack sign dot hack sign was one of those old animes that would be on toonami but then they'd have mm-hmm. like the quote-unquote uncensored version on adult yeah. swim so yeah, instead man. of saying darn it they'd say damn it and other things I like know. that it was fantastic oh my gosh I still love that intro, but there were a bunch of other games to kind of get the listeners' mindsets back into what other people were playing or what you might have been playing back in 2003. Let's take a look back at other games that came out that year. We had a little game called Legend of Zelda Wind Waker and all the drama that was behind that. We had Metroid Prime. We had Morrowind. The first Splinter Cell came out. Mario Sunshine. Resident Evil 3, or excuse me, Resident Evil 0, Armored Core 3, Eternal Darkness, just to name a few. So there were there were some pretty heavy hitter titles that came out in 2003. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, we say that, but when you're talking about the early, like, late 90s through the, almost the entirety of, like, I'd probably say to, like, 2005, 2006, like, you had banger years like this every year. Like, we grew up oh, yeah. in, like, the best time for video games because you just had these incredible games that came out every mm-hmm. year. Um, oh, yeah. It, like, which made, like, having a blockbuster card or, like, a, a video store rental card, like, essential if you were, like, from... Oh, yeah, class. rentals were... Like, you needed like, to rent these looked, games because yeah. there's no parent that would ever spend the amount of money needed to, like, buy all mm-hmm. of these games. Yeah, and rentals, I mean, you looked, I know me personally, and I'm imagining you as well, Cam, was Friday after school, like, waiting for mom or dad to get home to, like, run to the video store and pick up the new game. I I mean, that's what I lived for. That's what I looked forward to each week. Oh, yeah. Was being able to go and do that. Oh, yeah, no, for my family, it was, like, I went to Blockbuster, like, because we had a Blockbuster right around, like, the corner of our street. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. I was went to Blockbuster so often, and often because I could ride my bike down there. Um, okay. Like, it, like when I say it was close, I mean on a like on, in a car, it might take me two minutes to get there. Like the building where okay. it used to be, it's not there anymore, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and on a bike, it used to like take me like maybe like five minutes. 
the best part was like these games that you would get even on like a three day cycle or like a week mm-hmm. long cycle. Um, it was on my way to school and I rode my bike, so I could just like pop them in on my way to school before uh, mm-hmm. the store opened and they were late. Um, nice. So that was fun. Uh, but no, like, uh, so I used to like I had my own blockbuster card. That's what I was trying to say. Oh, I got I lost track, nice. but I went there down there so often. <laughs> I had my like my family made sure I had my own blockbuster card. Mm-hmm. So that I could, like, get... And it was actually my, my great-aunt who lived the, the block away from us. Like, she basically just, like... He goes here so often. And, like, we're tired of getting, like, calls when he says, Oh, I, I just stopped by and the new game's here. The new movie's out. Can I, like, can somebody come down with a card and rent it? Like, so mm-hmm. they just gave me my own. <laughs> um, so I, I was, like, the only, like, 10 or 11-year-old with their own blockbuster card. Nice. Um, Those were the days. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like... That card in my hand, it was that and a pocket full of change. And I was a king. There you go. I was a king of my own kingdom. And man, oh man, did I, like... Like, I went through that blockbuster like, movies business. But, mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. After, Friday afternoon, after school, like, just waiting for, like, okay, we're gonna have, like, a family night on Friday. Like, that's the thing. Friday nights used to just be family nights. Oh, yeah. Like, TGIF, like, this was the golden mm-hmm. age of, like, the family unit before it was just Oh, yeah. I remember watching TGIF, like, Boy Meets World and all those shows, oh. and then Saturday would usually be our movie night, where we would we would rent a movie or something, like a one-night brand-new release, and then I'll sit down and watch it, and... Yeah, no, yeah. It, it, was, it was always the best. I loved calling a block... Like, the thing is, my family doesn't have, like, the stories of calling a blockbuster, because mm-hmm. my family would just ask me, they'd like, Cam, did, like, when you're going to Blockbuster, see if this one's out. Yeah. Or, like, tell me, like, make sure you get the date. And so, like, I would have mm-hmm. the people at Blockbuster, like, um, either hand me a pen or paper or just write it down for me, like, the like the dates that I needed to know before I went through mm-hmm. the stores, because I'd forget. Um, and, like, man, nope. Like, I, like, that place, if that place didn't have such a high turnover of teenagers working through that store, they for sure would have, like, known who I was. <laughs> but... Part of the problem with Blockbuster is that they relied on team labor. Yeah. <laughs> true, true. The, the turnover, I like. I don't think I saw the same faces after a month. The turnover oh, wow. was so bad at that Blockbuster. I actually worked at a, my local video store for about three years, actually. It was, a, it was a family video, but still around. Those are still around. Yeah, every once in a while you find one. Um, there's they have a, a porn section. I, mine does not, mine never had a porn section. Um. That's probably why yours are still in business. Which is weird to say. Sorry, I just dropped something. Uh, which is weird to say because, oh, no like, the internet exists. But, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, I guess. Like True. Some people are set on their ways, man. It's like that episode of uh, Family Guy where, like, they tell Quagmire about internet porn and, like, nobody sees him for, like, three weeks. Uh-huh. And he comes outside and he's like, oh, I'm just getting my mail, guys. And he, like, lifts up his arm that's, like, hidden behind frame. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, bulked out beyond belief. Jacked. Yeah, yeah. super jacked. Anyway, sorry. Oh, no problem. No problem. Uh, But yes, we're talking. We're here to talk about our experiences, our memories, and times with dot hack infection. Now, Cameron, you specifically, when did you. Did you pick up, or like, was dot hack infection one of those games you rented on a whim? Was it something you bought like day one? No. Like, what was your experience with uh, infection? My love of the dot hack series is so and like embedded in the code of my DNA for and like up until like just 
probably, I think it was .hack link was like the first project that uh, Project uh, .hack put out that I, I wasn't too into. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, .hack sign had to be hooked. I watched every single episode of that show. I was borderline obsessed with it. Like the idea of like this is like a video game that people are playing, and it's an online MMO that like I've seen a little bit here and there about MMOs. Um, mm-hmm. This is before the launch of World of Warcraft. Uh, this was like EverQuest days. Yeah, this was like if we're talking dot hack sign, we're talking EverQuest days. We're talking your Ultima Online, um, and really, it boils down to. Uh, like, it really does boil down to, I gotta say, it has to, like, th- so this show came out, and then, of course, like every other, like, gamer back then, I got my news from a gaming magazine. Specifically for me, it was Electronic Gaming Monthly, EGM. Yep. 100% all the way. Um, Dan Shu is still, like, the best the biz. Oh, yeah. Yes. I was a big EGM fan myself. Yeah, EGM maniac for sure. Uh, I still remember the issue where they said they were moving from Chicago to... San Francisco. And when I found out, I was like, so what's that going to mean for the magazine? Like, the magazine's still going to be here. It's like, cool, I don't care. Little did I know, <laughs> many years later, like, the problem with having anything posted in San Francisco is, um, like, based out of there. But, um, no, so, like, I saw the ad for Dot Hack Infection, and I was like, what is this? I go online, I'm finding, like, going on game trailers, seeing the trailer mm-hmm. for it, and I'm like, I gotta get this game. Like, I gotta get it. And it's like, but, like, I kept waiting for my Blockbuster to have it. Kept waiting. And then eventually, like, my Blockbuster failed me. So then it's like, okay, I gotta touch out with the network. I gotta talk to kids who go to the other, like, other video stores. I gotta Mm -hmm. talk to, like, and none of them knew what the heck I was talking. They're like, no, I've never seen that game. So then I had to get real, like, real, like, down and dirty. This is old school. I busted out the yellow pages. Oh snap! I busted out the yellow pages from people pages. for youngsters that might not know was a giant book that you could either kill someone with or look up anyone's name, number, or business's name or telephone yeah. number so or address. Phone books were separated into two different kinds of books: white pages, which were people, and yellow pages, which were businesses. Um, everybody is like, if like they contacted you to put your name in the white pages with your phone number, and that was it. Um, and then afterward, but for Yellow Pages, you had to pay the phone local phone company. Usually it was Bell who put it out. Um, local phone company who would then put out like this massive advertisement book with everybody's phone numbers in it. And that was the Yellow Pages. And so I went to the video rental section on there and I called down a list of numbers. And yes, I'm looking back on it now and thinking about it. I definitely called adult stores. I'll take adult <laughs> video rental places. <laughs> Because thinking back on it, I'm pretty sure those were around. Because I thought to myself, adult. Oh, yeah. They got to have video games. And I, I called them up and what? I'll never forget the guy who goes, I think we have some video games here, but they're like arcades things. And like, ha- like you're a kid. You shouldn't be calling here. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, thinking back on it now, it's like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. no, I remember that memory. Okay, that's that's interesting. Uh, moving on to like then like the Hollywood video blockbuster mm-hmm. or the mom paw chains but none of them had them eventually it's like okay i gotta do the impossible i gotta make the impossible a reality i went to not my parents i went to my great aunt who the one who actually like provided me the blockbuster card and mm-hmm. i just said i need this game and my aunt's like well okay if, maybe for your birthday and i was like please i like we can call it an early birthday present but like i need it now 
And lo, this tells you how old this is. Lo and behold, she had just gotten to Gold American Express level, which means she was oh, yeah. earning reward points for her purchases. Mm-hmm. And she says, so this is what she did. gave me a laundry list of things I needed to do for her. But in return for that, she bought it on her American Express or Amex. And she's like, I just want it for the points. That's why we're doing this. Um, and she's like, and this is my game until you do your, like, you do, you finish your end of the bargain. And I think it was, like, one I had, like, passed math class or something. Like, it was just, like, something stupid. But, um, no, so I got Dot Hack Infection, like, the actual physical copy, uh, which I have, I like, somewhere around, I still have it, I think. And, man, like, no, like, that is, um, so that's the story of how I got Dot Hack Infection. Nice. For me, I remember, I think it was... I picked it up, or um, I had gotten it for my birthday that year, because um, I had asked for it, similar to you, and was seeing it in EGM, and I had watched some of the Dot Hack Sign series over at my friend's house, who would always download the latest animes and stuff from the internet with fan subs and whatnot, and one of the shows we watched was Dot Hack Sign, uh, and that's where I kind of started hearing about Dot Hack Infection and the whole game, and... Actually, you know what? It's how we brought it was... up Dot Hack Sign again. We should probably talk a little bit about Dot Hack Sign. Yeah, um, because Dot Hack Sign was revolutionary for its time, and kind of like the things it talked about in an anime. Um, and actually, this I just remembered some of the stuff did have to get censored out because it had to do with like the main character being like physically abused by her father. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, her Sukasa is even though she uses a male avatar with a male name. It's actually played by a girl. Yeah, and that was such a big revelation, I remember, when it came out. It, it was a very, it, like, Metroid, with like when Sam, it was revealed Samus was a girl, or a woman. Similar, it yeah. Was that, it was that same well, general for, gist. Yeah, for there, it was like, oh, they revealed Samus has always been a woman. But throughout this mm-hmm. series, you're watching it, and you're like, he, like, he is using he pronouns, he, like, stuff. And then mm-hmm. eventually... Like, because Sukasa doesn't understand why Sukasa doesn't understand why um, he can't log out, and yeah. like that's how the series starts. He's like, I can't log out. I don't know what's going on. I'm stuck in this world, and like I have no memories of my past either. Like this is weird. Like I know this is a game. Like I see the icon interfaces and stuff. Like I know it's a game, but I don't know why I know it's a game. And it's kind of the mystery surrounding Sukasa and kind of the people that get involved with Sukasa. And what ends up happening with him. And that's its own story. And it's definitely worth a watch, even mm-hmm. to this day. The animation, for whatever reason, like, animation back then, like, some animation companies, like, some of their stuff is still, like, top Like, not top-notch, but, like, still, like, you can tell, like, they put a lot of care Impressive. In it's very impressive. Um, and kind of, like, the whole mystery surrounding Tsukasa, as they, and it explores the concept of, like, this online game that's called The World, and like, these different characters. And, like, so there are these people in the game, but then offline... They're totally different people. And to, for me, that was like, wait, what? Oh my gosh, this is blowing my mind. BT, one of the first episodes I saw was BT, who's a character in the show. Um, it comes out that, like, her, the reason she named herself BT is because her favorite sandwich is a BLT minus the lettuce. And I'm just like, what? That is so crazy that you would do that. Like, that you could do that. And, like, that's part mm-hmm. of her backstory. And the other one is this, he's like this young character in the game, but in reality, he's like a, a 60 plus year old, like, like famous novelist. And I'm like, what? What is this? Like, what is this? It was a much more character driven show than I think a lot of people expected it to be. 
being based off a game world or a game world like a game within a game and i think that's kind of the core principle of dot hack and why i think it was way ahead of its time oh yeah. i mean especially in its storytelling was because of that aspect like mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get into it when we talk about the game um a little bit but like dot hack sign was about like these characters and Sukasa, and it really is more of an ensemble cast because Sukasa is the reason why Sukasa is considered dangerous is because Sukasa has the ability to be defended. Like Sukasa's character themselves is weak, but they are able to um, when they're under attack, they are protected by what's called the Guardian, which is an orb, big floating blob thing. Yeah, big floating blob that has like a like a, a mithril ring around it, and that but it. As soon as it hits somebody, it kills them. It auto kills them. One hits, kills them. Um, and so it does that to protect Sukasa. And it's kind of like, well, why is it protecting Sukasa? What's the mystery around this? Is Sukasa a player killer character, a PKer? Um, which like brings in like the idea of like Sora, who is this uh, this kind of like edge lord, manic. <laughs> like assassin mm-hmm. character who uses like really it was my first interaction with somebody using um, katars as weapons. Um, yes, like hand blades as weapons, and I was like, "What is this? This is so cool!" Anyway, it just like leads into this uh, the storytelling and like, different classes, and it just gets to a point like I'll never forget. Like one of the most like intense characters who's like the most serious character in the entire show. Like it turns out he actually works at like a video rental store. Like, he's basically, like, the, he pretends to be, like, a cop in the world, which mm-hmm. is the video game they play online. But in reality, he's, like, just some, like, part-timer at a, like, video store in real life. And it's just, like, yeah, the, the parallels of who people pretend to be in the world is echoed greatly by who they actually are. Mm-hmm. And it's just awesome to kind of see, like, these characters evolve and develop over the course of the story. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that, that that was the big thing about the anime that was so impactful was it was more of a character-driven story. And I will right. be honest, like as far as technologi- like technologically goes, and as far as like the game's iterations of future versions of or future uh, sequels of this game go, um, there's not a lot of great technical prowess in them. They're very ba- like they're borderline bare bones, basic in their systems, um, very typ- atypical of like a dungeon crawler clone at the time. Yeah. So its story really was like this idea of like you are playing somebody who's playing a video game themselves is part of the core like meta within the meta type of analysis of storytelling. Oh yeah. And so that idea of like the idea of dual identities um, and kind of really exploring online culture at a time when online culture was not really being examined like it is today. Today we have it was today we it was in its infancy like compared today it was. The Stone Ages of the internet. Like, everybody with a YouTube channel today is an amateur anthropologist for online media. And, but, like, this is at a time when that is, it's examining online behaviors and online personalities and really identifying, like, and really nailing, you know, nail, uh, nail on the head right there with, uh, or hitting the nail on the head right there with just its analysis of people and what they like, and it's, so it's this, this deeply mm-hmm. human story wrapped up in this video game that overall would either either would be kind of like a boring video game, yeah, um, until you kind of get into like the deeper nuances of mechanics of the game and other stuff like that that you get into. But on on the surface, Dot Hack Infection really isn't that impressive, which is why I think 
coming no. out around the same time as Wind Waker, Metroid Prime, Morrowind, Mario Sunshine, mm-hmm. Armored Core Three. Like these games are massive um, in their like scope and reach and like the polish on them, and uh, kind of an unpolished gem in the form of Dot Hack Infection is easy to get overlooked. Yeah, and it was considering this was the the first part of a quadrility quadrilogy a, a set of four games that tell a single narrative it 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 dealt with a lot of the same things that a lot of origin stories deal with it's a slower kind of a bit of slower slog as you're introduced to the characters to this world um to the mechanics and just setting up a bunch of things that will you that will pay off years down the road once you get to the later editions and one thing i really appreciated was this game was one of the first I really feel like that had such a close tie to like an anime, like a show. Because this game, correct me if I'm wrong, Cameron, it has been a while, but Dot Hack Infection, all this stuff takes place after Sign. That is correct. correct? Yes. Sign so, um, comes before it, and like the events of Sign are kind of like urban legend level stuff. Right. Because I know in later games of this quadrilogy, you'll meet some of the characters uh, like Sukasa and stuff in Dot Hat in this uh, this story, this tale. Um, but as you were saying, kind of touching upon the kind of bare bones esque nature of the mechanics and things on the surface level, it is just a run to you type in some passwords, which sends you to an area. Which has diff- like different archetypes, like you have forest, you have like a, a swampy kind of place, a desert, stuff like that. But then you find like this cave or dungeon and you go in there and you just grind for monsters. It's, it's basic in that regard. It's addictive though, I find. Like I love kind of the whole grind fest. But like it's, you said, it's... It's an easy you, grind. It's an easy yes. grind. Is the thing. It, it is. It is. And... Um, but yeah, I remember I had picked this up. I I was given this for my birthday the year it came out, because um, this came the game came out February. My birthday is beginning of April, so I remember picking it up and playing it. And it took me a little while to really understand and get into it. And I don't think I really beat this game until right before the second part of this game, uh, before the se- second part of this series came out. Dot hack mutation mm. that I really. Okay, I'm jumping back in. I'm gonna play through it. I wanna. I will. I'm excited for mutation. I gotta. I gotta finish infection, and that's when I really sunk my teeth into it and learned the mechanics and uh, played through the story. Found out everything was going on with uh, Aura, which is this little girl who's exists pretty much in every form of dot hack medium to some to some extent. Um, and the uh, mystery behind her and. Skeeth, who we read about in the Epitaph, um, oh. you know, it, oh, <laughs> it's such a such so an imposing good. figure. Oh, he is. Um, and the and one of the cool, really cool things that we haven't even touched on yet is the, each of these games, Dot Hack Infection, and this series came with its own, basically an 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 anime OVA, like an original video animation telling its own story that happens outside of the game you are playing. 
just adding to the lore, adding to the mystery of the, the world and the characters you're interacting with and just fleshing out the story and the characters more and more and more. And it, it was really the first game that, that did this, that I can remember. And it was, oh, it's just so good. And the the plot twists and how, one thing that I've always found really endearing um, was how the character, you, you play as a character, Kite, that's the name, the main character for this series. And you're taken, it's like your first time ever playing the game, one of your best friends, uh, Orga, was it? Orca. Orga is his name, Orca. Because uh, he named himself after he admired the way that uh, killer whales uh, murder their prey. Yeah. He's like this barbarian who we later find out is like this legendary, one of these two legendary players of the world. And he's just like your best buddy. And he's like, yeah, I'll help you level up and just get used to the game. And But things go awry. You and... stupid noob. Let's go play. But like, yeah. it really does start off like that. Like, I'm going to yeah. teach you how to play the game. Like, it's not complicated. Don't be an idiot. Let's play. Yeah. Um, but with things going off the rails and it, things never go exactly according to plan and you wind up, basically Orca gets put into a coma by this crazy creature, uh, by Skeeth, right? Yep. Skeeth, the shadow of death. Yeah. Yep. He basically does a attack, a data drain, which kind of sends the real character, the real person playing the character into a coma. And then Kite gets a magic bracelet, and his cha- his color, his outfit changes from green to red, and he becomes pro. He he gains protagonist powers. And yeah, I'll. Uh, well, you went super wa- vague on that, but that's cool. I, I think that's cool because you don't want to spoil um, anything. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so there's so much to this, and I'm trying to, and it has been a a a ways since it's been a while since I've gone through it. So if Feel free to expand on what I'm what okay, I'm pitching cool. to you. I'm more than happy to. So you basically are going through a level one dungeon with your friend, who is like you said, a legendary player, um, and he actually makes a comment about it. He goes, "Yeah, in the game they call me Orca of the Azure Sea." And Kite, by the way, you can actually rename. I renamed mine just to like my name, mm-hmm. and so it was super weird that everybody was calling me by like a regular name, and I was mm-hmm. calling people by like. Orca and Black Rose and other stuff yeah. like that. That was weird. Um, and it's like, ah, oh, this is like, you could tell immediately, I don't understand how online culture works. <laughs> Let's back that up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the, uh, what was it? oh, right. So the thing I was going to say was uh, that, so you, like, he basically just like is leading you through this dungeon, holding your hand through it. Um, and then all of a sudden you see a little girl, like a little ghost girl getting chased by this giant rock monster, which is Scaife. Um, and, like, she's being chased by it. And you're like, what was that? And so, like, you go after it. And when you're going after it, um, you find Aura, who is the, the like, little girl. And she gives uh, Orca a book, a tome. Um, Orca's like, okay, uh... But in doing so, um, they're attacked by Scaith. And in order to protect his friend, um, Orca got in front of Scaith and started fighting Scaith, uh, telling Kite to run with Aura. Um, and what ends up happening, and this is kind of a key feature to the series, 
is Scathe uses a uh, broken skill on the game called Data Drain. And it basically Data Drains um, Orca's character, and what happens is he falls into a coma in real life. And Aura runs away. In the meantime, uh, like, uh, like, Kite is given the, the tone that she had, and from there, he's just kind of, like, Kite is kind of just, like, left, like, wondering what's happening. And the game forces you to, like, quote-unquote log out, and then you get, like, the narration from the main character, which is, like, Yahiko, which is the... Oh, yeah, the reason why he brings up he's called Orca of the Azure Sea is because Kite keeps on referring to Orca by his real-life name. Because they're friends. That's or- right. Orca and Kite are 14-year-old, like, 8th graders. <laughs> And it kind of leads Kite to have to unravel, like, on his own, unravel the mystery behind all these players falling into a coma in real life, um, and kind of the mystery behind the world itself. And he meets, like, just this incredible cast of characters, and just as in the first game, he has to figure out a way to beat a a monster that took no damage from Orca, who was one of the strongest players in the game. So... There right. you go. Like that's that's a bit that's um, like I, I hope I fleshed yeah. out and added. Yes, yeah, that's detail. a fleshed out version of what I said. So, um, but basically, Kite gets a bracelet that allows him to use that broken technique, data drain on monsters that have basically become corrupted, and you need to use it um, in order to stabilize and stabilize the world because crazy things are going on and discover the mystery like Cameron said. So. And get virus cores, which are yeah. one of the dumbest mechanics yes, in the game. that is... Farm these creatures for hours to try to get enough data cores <laughs> to so then unlock progress. the... so you can progress through the area. That, that was definitely a, uh, a, a padding technique i think that oh uh, yeah that was used that that adds a good 10 to 12 hours onto the game otherwise yeah yeah virus cores they suck yeah if they do a remaster of this game get rid of them reduce them i don't care what you have to do just fuck fuck those things well i think you like with the length of all four games because um, each game is maybe 15 to 30 hours depending on how much you grind mm-hmm. in the game yeah. Um, and each game has like a level cap, so you can't reach past a certain level. So in the first game, you can't hit level ninety nine. Mm-hmm. I actually think you cap out at level. I want to say thirty. I think you cap out at level thirty in the first game, and then that sounds about unlocks, right. You get a further up into it, which tells you something because the level cap in the first game is level thirty. Orca's a level fifty character at the beginning of the game. Um. And then, like, in the middle of the game, the world announces, oh, we've increased your level cap to, like, 99. So, like all people who take a break from an MMO, when they get back, Orca finds out he has to gain, like, he has to catch up with everybody else. Yeah. Of course. I mean, it's like expansions with MMOs today. It's like, we've we've boosted the level cap. Unless it's World of Warcraft, who's craving for people to come back, so they'll give you a max level character right after go. Yeah. Yeah, that too. Oh, so long before. Yeah, before, before the WoW World of, days. World of Warcraft came out in two thousand four. Like this game was so ahead of its time, man. Mm-hmm. And one thing I always really liked and thought was really cool was how 
you are never you never explore the real world in this game. The closest you get is you log out and you actually have a desktop, like oh, a desktop so screen that you maneuver. That's like how you save. You check emails. You do all this stuff, and it's such a cool. You go on an old school forum. You go on an old school forum, and what's awesome is it's like old school MMOs where it's like people putting out, "Hey, I want to run this dungeon. Mm -hmm. If you want to party up with me, here's like the the address, like the the passwords to get into it." And like some of the people that you meet while doing that are party members. Like they join up with your party after you complete the dungeon with them. You get like Marlo. You get. Pyros the Third. Pyros. Pyros the Third. Well, Pyros the Third is in um, GU, GU uh, which is the sequel series. He's just Pyros here. Pyros is awesome because he does nothing but talk in character as a knight, and he, he also rolls, has he role plays pretty hard. It's he role plays really hard. He thinks that he's on an RP server, um, and which is a, a joke that nobody will get today because those don't exist anymore. <laughs> uh, no, I think. I think Final Fantasy fourteen has dedicated RP servers. They might, and I know that they, there's one like faction in Eve Online that plays a character. So, Empires of Eve, by the way. Uh, side note: excellent book. Everybody should read it. It's incredible. Just putting that out there, since we're talking about MMOs. Empires yeah. of Eve is fantastic. Um, but yeah, like the best part is like you go into these forums, and so you have people like, and the best part is like. This, the forums is how you get information about how to carry on in the story. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of just having, like, a random character come in or, like, doing that all the time, a lot of times Kite has to figure out... Yeah, a little detective work. Yeah, he has to do his own detective work, and it's just awesome. Like, you would have to do back in the day, going on forums and looking up, how do you beat this boss? How do you do this? Or, where's this item that you need? So relevant to the, to that time and time and place. It, it's so cool. I just like it's just it's so cool. This game is incredible. I don't know. I don't know how, like how you could play this game today, other than finding like old copies. But like this game is incredible. Like this is like this series is incredible. It's such. Like, it's such a throwback, it'd probably be a total mm-hmm. pain to play them today. But, like, I can't help but, like, wish I had all of them so I could just, like, play them. Yeah. I think it was a couple years ago I managed to get all four of the Because I used to have one through three, but then I got rid of a bunch of my collection when the PS3 came out. I traded them in so I could get a PS3. But, oh, so many people did that, and it was like I'm still one of those people that has most of my PS2 collection. Yeah, I've luckily I've managed to get back most of the games that I really want, like the Shadow Hearts games, these Dot Hack games, Dot Hack GU, etc. <laughs> so I've managed to get back most of the games I stupidly traded in. But you know, I was like a senior in high school and I had no money. So the the worst um, the worst thing that ever blighted gamers was the PS3 and people trading in as much as they could to. Try to pay for the five hundred dollar price tag. The five ninety nine of that of that yep. Garbo console. The first edition of the PS three is a Garbo borderline. Like it's the best part about it is that it's an emulation machine. The yeah. best part about it is that it plays older PlayStation games. That's it. That's the yeah. only good thing about it. 
well probably about three months ago a local retro shop near me got like a pristine launch 60 gig ps3 in. i i snagged that up it was like for 170 worth it it's like oh totally worth it just to have be able to do the ps2 games on h through hdmi i mean you saved 330 dollars <laughs> oh i know it was so good so Sorry, that's just me. That's I'm being nah, goofy. I'm making fun. You're of, good. I'm making fun of you, you people who did it. I didn't do it. I was like, dude, like five hundred dollars is too steep a price tag for like my fourteen year old self. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll do that when I get a job. And I like, sure enough, I didn't get into the three sixty PS three era until I was like nineteen. Like, yeah, it took like they were like leaning towards like the, the like the horizon was in sight for the PS three Xbox three sixty mm-hmm. era. Like, um, they hadn't come out with, like, the, um, PS3, like, the first PS3 Slim yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came that out, like, a couple years later, but I bought, like, I, I was like, you know what? I'm not paying $500 for a, a console that also makes me install everything before I play it. Granted, we all do that now, <laughs> but... Ah, uh, those were the days, not having to install games. Oh, my gosh. Pop it in, like, I, I, I got, yeah. I have my PS, I still, the best part, I still have my PS2 Slim. Yeah, I do, too. I can just pop that bad boy in. I oh my too. gosh, I'm just thinking about it. Like the thing is, like I have like a bunch of these games on other consoles mm-hmm. now. Uh, I have a PS Vita with Harvest Moon: Back to Nature on it, but it doesn't have my God save, which is the problem. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But what one of the things I thought I really liked about it that harkens back to the how meta this game is and oh right sorry back the to the actual game that we're here to talk about is. <laughs> How you could trade with like everybody, like all the random oh my gosh, NPCs. You're right. You're right how you I... could just go up to them and be like, "Hey, you want to trade?" And then they'd have random ass items, and they would require you to like fill a bar and then to okay a trade, just like you would in an MMO. And people and like... had schedules. Yeah, they had to run. They people had schedules they had to run through. People had things they had needed to do. Um. Oh my gosh, it was it was awesome for a number of reasons, but like one of the best parts about this is that um, like you could also trade with your party members because your party mm-hmm. members you didn't control. They were run by the AI in the game. And oh my gosh, like you're like you're like and the best part is like your like the friends you get their uh, you get their member addresses. Um and one of the best parts about that is like outside of it like you email them. Like, you get into, like, an email chain with them throughout the game. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you're emailing them. Like, one of the characters, uh, one of my favorite characters in the entire series is Sanjiro, who's, like, this samurai heavy blade guy who, like, his favorite thing to use is katanas because he wants to stay authentic to the samurai theme. And you're like, mm-hmm. geez, what kind of weirdo is this? It turns out he's, like, a Japanese language teacher in South Dakota who plays in the Japanese server to keep, like, to keep his Japanese up to par. Like, it, that's so good. Like, that's just, like, chef's, chef's kiss. Like, you have that kind of variety. You have a guy oh, yeah. who, who literally his entire goal in the game, like, he, everything he does is to grind. And then you talk to him, and he just emails you his schedule. And his schedule's <laughs> all about working out. Mm-hmm. And you realize this guy grinds in real life just as hard as he grinds online. Like, his life is a 24 site, but then you see, like, his character development, because he, like, finds a puppy on his on his running path. And it kind of, like, That's leads right. into, like, this character development. So, like, the most loser, boring character in the game has, like, a significant character shift. And it happens to everybody in the game. Mm-hmm. 
one of the guys, uh, Nuke, and then he has like a longer last name that I can't remember. Giant pink hair, clown outfit, and what he's trying to do is go into dungeons and put on comedy shows. Like, it's so good. One girl wants to do like an item delivery service. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a dungeon, like, it's just, it's so, you can, you can message her on the forums and she'll bring you an item that you're wanting. Like, it's just so good. Like, it's so dumb, but it's so good. Oh my gosh, this game is so incredible. It's so you can meta. You can, you can trade with people, and like, you can't like, jip them out on a trade either. Like, you have to give them a fair trade, otherwise mm-hmm. they won't trade with you. Yeah. Um, although there's ways to break that, because once you once you get into the, like, the actual item system of the game, oh my gosh, the item system in that game is incredible, because something I think a lot of people don't know. Oh, you know, that's actually for a later segment. I'll save that for later, but... There you go. Yeah, it's incredible. This game is so good. It is a shame that this game hasn't gotten the uh, collection treatment that GU, kind of the, the sequel series, has gotten that but this desperately needs. GU, I think, hit at a time when, it, like, the series was much more popular. Oh, yeah. Um, and it actually had, like, some mainstream success and some mainstream coverage from, like, the anime craze that was happening in the late aughts. Um, yeah, like the anime game genre was booming at that time. So Dot Hack GU, which also fixed a lot of the problems in the early games, mm-hmm. uh, like really did take advantage of also the fact that that one that series is a trilogy, um, and took advantage of like improving from game to game, uh, where the original Dot Hack series, the one that Infection is the first part of, really doesn't. Like Dot yeah. Hack as a series, most of the mechanics are introduced in the first game are the mechanics that you use through the other games as well. Um, like, that is probably the biggest drawback, is that they didn't improve as a games. Like, as mm-hmm. a, like the systems didn't improve. Um, mainly because they were all built around the same time, but then released as a quadrilogy to, like... Because yeah. otherwise it would have been too much for one disc. And this was during the era of the PS2, where, like, Sony didn't want people shipping multiple discs. Yeah. Because so. it was the big thing was how it was a DVD and you shouldn't need multiple discs, you know. I mean, so much storage space, so we don't want multiple yeah. discs, you know. And of course, compression technology that would come out later would make mm-hmm. it so you could put more data on these DVD discs. Yeah, and dual layered and all yeah. that jazz. Well, I mean, like this is early on in the PS2's life cycle too. Like this. Is oh very, yeah. This is a very early PS2 game. Yeah, um, I mean, it came out in Japan in two thousand two, so. Um, it, was, it was very young. Very, Gosh. very early on. Like, we're talking the first couple of years of the PS2's mm-hmm. existence, which means that it was in development when the PS2 was still a prototype system. Yeah. Um, because .hack Sign was actually a side project that came out of developing .hack uh, Infection. I didn't know that. Interesting. Yep. When they were developing the story and building out kind of like the design of the game. Mm-hmm. Once they kind of had the world fleshed out, which they had fleshed out really early on. Um, they decided to, like, oh, somebody on the project was like, this would actually probably make a good anime. Contacted an anime studio. The studio agreed. They, the studio kind of worked with the team to kind of make their own side story. Mm-hmm. And then the anime was done before the game was, so they just put out the anime. And it was a, you know, pretty stellar hit. So, oh, yeah. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, most people don't know that. Um, yeah, it's... Because the original .hack, like, 
the thing about the dot hack games is that they are incubated for a very long time. Like the mm-hmm. pro because they they want to produce everything as a project as a whole from mm-hmm. the get go, so that they can just continue to work on a game, and then once they release one of them, that ships, and then they start working immediately on the next one. There's no lag. So people work on these projects, like the dot hack projects, for like twelve years, mm-hmm. um, or like not that long, but like you know eight nine years yeah. that they're working on this series. So like the original dot hack games, they're producing it for the prototype PS2 era. Um, they get that game out in like four or five years after they started development on it, um, like before the PS2 even came out, and it kind of as it like flows through that. And then dot hack GU was kind of like because the prototype dot hack GU trailer came out. Years before the first game ever came out, mm-hmm. and once again, the Dot Hack GU anime once again came off of people saying, "Hey, wouldn't it be cool to actually tell this part of the story that we're not telling in the game?" And they're like, "Yeah, let's make an anime out of it," and that's how the Dot Hack GU anime came about. Like, you know, people that are like the Dot Hack team is made up of like originally was made up of like some of the most like awesome people in storytelling mm-hmm. and video games, and they're just like you said, this is a criminally underrated game. Yes. So completely agree but luckily we are not alone in loving this game so to create to really go meta because concerning we just talked about how we in the in dot hack infection reach out to other players through the forums to get information on the game i did just that we are going to from our around the web so let's hit the forums and see what goods other players who love this game and would like to share with us Wormy from, or excuse me, Wormy18 from Reddit says, Anytime I hear or read Dot Heck in general, I hear the song Obsession, but on the game, every, everything, yo. I still got my original copy with book all in great condition. Oh my gosh, we this- forgot to talk about the anime disc that came inside the game. Yes. Lim- oh my liminality? gosh. Liminality? Yeah, Liminality. Liminality, which tells a parallel story of people I in touched the on real it. world. Oh, did you? Okay, I, I, I missed that. I was... I was probably deep in my but, memories of Don. Yes. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. No. Like liminality, like the side anime that talks about like the like, people investigating the comas in the real world, outside of the game, and kind of like how they kind of pair into each other and go through that. Worth a watch. Yeah. Go look it up on YouTube. It's great. It's a great anime. Like yeah, it's a it's a good OVA. Definitely give it a check out, especially if this whole like dot hack stuff interests you or it sounds interesting give it a watch it's fantastic it expands the lore of both the world the lore these games everything definitely worthwhile and this is really the idea of a pack in uh an anime or a pack in disc for a video or something really at least on the ps2 these were the first ones that did it some games would come out later on in the ps2 life cycle that would that would imitate it one that comes to mind right away is um Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi 3 came with like a video disc or something. But yeah, this came with like its own OVA original just for these games. That tells a story that's going on outside the game, which is pretty damn good. Yeah, no, it's. uh, Sorry. When he said the original stuff, I was like, oh my gosh, that's right, the disc came with it. And like all of a sudden, these flooding memories of like. Yeah. The the girl who plays the violin whose boyfriend is a player who goes into a coma gets con like it's this entire thing. It's so good. <laughs> it's such a good like parallel story and like 
and really digs in deep about like mm-hmm. how nuanced and how hard it was, how hard it is for these people to rescue these coma victims, um, and like this, like the struggle they go through mm-hmm. is parallel in the real world and online, and it's just it's such a good parallel tale. It really is. Anyway, sorry, so, I, so I many facets. No, you don't have to apologize. Oh, this is a low key thing. If you have a thought, feel free to share it. I Nothing know you told to me that earlier, can't. but like I'm just like I I leapt into this guy's comment. No, I mean that that was his comment, so I mean it was right at the end, so you're good. Yeah, Wormy18, my apologies, but like you sparked my memory, man. And, like I'm just flooded back because it t- <laughs> who her boyfriend is. This is how intricate the web of dot hack is. Is that nothing is on accident in the dot hack universe. Mm-hmm. Nothing is an accident. Everything is on purpose. And that's one of the best parts about it. Is because somebody who you think is just a random person ends up actually being super important for really weird reasons later on. And, like, how how like, how the coma victims turn out and, like, ha- are in relation to people later on in the Dot Hack GU series, even, is super important. Anyway, I digress. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're not digressing. That's... You're aggressing. I'm aggressing. I'm aggressing so hard right now. You are now. aggressing like a felon, man. You are doing... Man, you should be a spokesperson for this for this series. You you could sell anybody on this with your hype and everything. It's getting me hype, and I'm like, screw sleeping and work tomorrow. I want to replay Dot Hack. So do I. Like that's, that's what thing. I want to do. I'm like looking back at the box that's behind me right now because it's mm-hmm. literally filled with all of my PS2 stuff, and it's like, I think I got that in there. Like maybe I can. But then I remember remind myself I don't have a way to plug it into a TV because I don't want a TV. Oh. So that would that, that would be an issue. That's an issue. I can't plug it into my monitor. My monitor doesn't have a way to plug it in. I'm safe. I'm safe from this. Gotta look this for an adapter. Thing. I'm sure there's an adapter out there. Oh, I know there is, and I plan on freaking. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Diddy Kong four one nine from Reddit also says, "I love the whole quadrilogy. It seemed kind of creepy and bleak, and it was such a new setting than what I was used to at the time." I have very fond memories. I wish CyberConnect 2 would give them the same treatment as GU. Yeah, and that's we kind of touched on this earlier at the beginning. This isn't a this isn't the light-hearted romp that oh, no. I that you would expect it to be just from like the back of a box. You're in a game playing a game. It's like it's so much darker and complex in the narrative and like you were saying the connections between the characters and how it pairs with and connects with liminality and dot hack sign and how everything weaves together and this is the only this is only the first game it's crazy yeah, yeah. to put it like this in the first 15 minutes of the game your best friend who's supposed to be one of the most powerful people in this game uh, gets one shot in so hard that in real life he gets put into a coma that the doctors can't explain what's wrong with him he's for some reason in a coma we don't know why. Yeah. And not only that, but there's so many more of people who are going into a coma. And the only thing that they have in common is they all played this video game. Mm-hmm. And it, like it's like, um, shoot, I was trying to remember that guy who, who was like, what, like really against violent video games back in the Oscar, oh like, the lawyer Jack, right Jack whatever uh, Jack whatever his name is it doesn't really matter but like this is like his like wet dream. He is just like, yeah. if this happened this in real life, why. he would just be frothing at the mouth. Um, if he still existed, I don't know. Might, like, I don't want to... He got somebody. disbarred, I want to say. Oh, he did get disbarred. He's no longer allowed to be a lawyer. He got disbarred. That's how it ended. 
because yeah. he kept on filing frivolous lawsuits uh-huh. with video games. Um, he was a nut job, anyway. Yes, yes, he was. Uh, um, this is Jack, yeah. I, I yeah, was this is say not Jack a Trent, light Jack hearted is game. Not him. Jack Trent is like the president. He was uh, Sony's president. Yeah, he was Sony's while. president. Jack Trent was Sony's president. He is not a crazy lawyer from Florida. No, he's a cool guy. I'd like <laughs> to a, get a drink with him. Jack Trent's a nice guy. Right here. Um, but yeah, so back to what I was saying was, uh, like, this is not a nice game as far as like the themes go. Like, this is a very adult themed game, which is crazy that it was rated T for T, considering the yeah. fact that like people make generous like insinuations about people and it's crazy this game is crazy serious. but yeah it's it's really creepy and bleak and like like i said earlier and you touched on it as well is you don't know what's happening you're piecing things together and you're a 14 year old and it's just like what the like what am i supposed to do is mm-hmm. a thing that kite says all the time because he's a 14 year old and he doesn't know what to do but he's not going to give up on his best friend. He's not going to give up on all these other people. He's he's a loser with a, a weird bracelet, and the only thing that matters to him is saving people, like saving his friend and saving other people. And like that's what makes him like a really great stellar hero by the end mm-hmm. of the series. Is he goes from being like a shy level one noob to becoming one of the most powerful people in the game. On top Even of, a legend, kind of uh, like oh, he, the dot hack, the hack sign characters like Kite and another character Kite. in your party, Black Rose, you become like legendary players. Yeah. Like there's contests for people to be able to look, get cosmetics well, yeah, to yeah. look like these characters in future series. Kite is, uh, Kite's party throughout all this are labeled legendary dot hackers for what they did uh, because they they successfully like brought the system people of um, of the world's company and then also like hackers did, like basically Kite united the internet to save his friend and we all know just with how the internet is today how difficult it would be to if unite the internet if you think it's difficult now we didn't have twitter back then like you didn't have twitter to go on and say there's no hashtag what's wrong with orca there like, is no hashtag, hashtag we're storming Area 51, Naruto runners and back, you can dodge bullets. There was none of that. No. It was just... This is this is a different Boots type. on much, the ground, in the forums, more, we have to save people. Um, it was crazy, because like, you think back to it, like that time, and it's like, to get anybody moving to do anything on the internet back then was so mm-hmm. impossible. Well, just um, getting on the internet was so slow, because you still had dial-up everywhere, and Thank goodness that's not in this game. If you're worried dial-up exists in this game, it doesn't. So don't yeah. worry about You don't have to worry about your mom in the game kicking like, you offline. That would have been she, an interesting she predicament, answered a phone though. Call. <laughs> that would have been an interesting predicament, though, if you just randomly get booted offline, if it was really immersive. You just randomly yeah. lag out and get booted And just hear Kite going, Mom! Mom, get off the phone! I'm Boom. saving my friend Orca, man! He's going to coma. He's in a coma, Mom. Come on. Mom. I don't care what Aunt Janet... I don't care that Aunt Janet got in a car accident. She's still awake. You just put Yahiko in a coma, Mom. 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 I don't understand. (laughs) But anyway. Right. Um, Metis24 from Reddit said, I like the message board component. Like, you start emailing that samurai guy, and it oh, turns out that he's a huge fan of Akira Kurosawa. Kurosawa. The healer girl talks about being a mom, etc. 
The fact that the games came out with came with OVAs was a big deal too. Back in the early or back in the early thousands, anime was pretty damn expensive outside of what you got on Toonami, so getting a free DVD with the game kicked ass. PS2 also made DVD players affordable. Most of the anime I did have back then was all on VHS, which cost twenty to thirty dollars a pop, and we usually have like three episodes. I'll admit, this is how I started it though. Uh, I forgot what the sun shit like. It was like something sun having to do with sun. They're like a retailer at the mall. Um, they sold both the unedited and edited versions, but to make people buy the edited versions, they discounted them to about like fifty percent off. So I could get like two or even three VHSs of the edited Dragon Ball Z, mm-hmm. which was like lit. That was the best. Hell yeah, man! Did I have to hear "dang" instead of "damn"? And like no blood, sure, but I got to see the show faster than anybody else, man. I rocked the uh, international channel Sunday nights. I would sneak downstairs and watch international channel. Nice. I had no idea what I was saying, but while well, we were still stuck on uh, the perpetual loop of uh, Goku arriving on Namek, I got to see like Boo stuff, and I thought I was the coolest kid ever at school. You pretty much were. Um, you were a god of children. Thanks. But yeah, like uh, like we said, I mean, we touched a bit on the message board component, uh, the forum, and just the meta aspect of interacting with NPCs pretending to be real players of a game. Oh, oh my gosh, I just realized Mistral, who's the healer he's talking about, mm-hmm. she literally has to like leave partway through the third game and doesn't appear until like the very end of the fourth game because she she went into labor. <laughs> so she can't play because she just had her baby. And she and a lot of other people in your party think that this is like some limited time event in the game. Mm-hmm. And, like, you have, like, a limited time item or something like that, and so they, they literally think they're just playing part of the game, and Kite can't tell them otherwise, because he tries, and it doesn't work. Um, and Mistral is like, yeah, I brought you out here to tell you, like, I have to quit playing the game, because I'm about to give birth to my baby. <laughs> and it's just like, oh. Uh, see, like, moms can be MMO players, too, and they're pretty good at it, so. Mistral Rock on all the lady players out there. Actually, Mistral is one of the people who lived early on in Trader for an item, like a weapon item, mm-hmm. that actually is, has such great skills on it that you actually don't even need a new weapon for, like, like ten levels. Shout out to Mistral. Mistral's bomb. That mom is bomb.com. Mom, um, Mamasbomb.com. Don't go there. We don't, we don't actually know what that goes to. It could be very bad, so... Yeah, it's probably a bad thing. <laughs> probably a bad thing. Probably. If the bad. internet has taught us anything, we, we don't condone that. Mom Bomb is not affiliated or sponsoring this podcast or Irrational Passions, and we suggest you don't go there. Um, but funny story I'll have to tell you uh, after this, kind of in the same vein, Cameron. Um, but next up we have what does the rock say from reddit and i'm assuming it's about what he's cooking that's that's my guess what he's what he says um but he they say gonna have to be first entering mac anew the music of the town is perfect and blew me away as a kid this this game does have some pretty good soundtracks from what i remember Uh, oh my gosh no the soundtrack is amazing but what's even better is i know exactly what he's talking about mm -hmm. mac is the first like 
they're called hub towns where they're like hub towns um, where you can enter uh, like different areas from using the board gate mm-hmm. and where you can like save your game and buy items and other stuff like that but like Macanoo is like a almost like old Venice. Yeah. Also, MomIsBomb.com is a dysfunct URL. Okay. Well, I mean, I still wouldn't recommend going to it because there's you wouldn't see anything. But you're not going to be looking at. Uh, we aren't Bad sending things. kids to naughty sites, so that's true. Bonus. Of course, Alex would just not even doubt it. Your boss, and you'd be like, "Of course, the episode that Cameron Abbott's on is the episode." That, like, we send children to pornographic Whoops. websites. Whoops. Uh, I'm not saying I have, like, a, a <laughs> reputation, especially among our group of friends, but... It also but he has like, a reputation among yeah, us, like, I, our group of friends. It'd be a lie to say that I don't. <laughs> uh, Milk Powder Bun from Reddit says, I'm Johnny the Stray Grunty. I'll die if I stop. Oh my gosh, the Grunties. Grunties. They're like these Grunties. giant pig... Creatures. They're basically Dot Hacks version of a Chocobo or a Mom Moogle. It's Check their Mon ami. It's the, their the French one. Funny oh my animal. gosh! Yep. Yeah, you can ride them in fields. It's awesome. They're like basically like giant sheep, like miniature sheep horses. Well, yeah, the miniature sheep pigs, basically. Yeah. And you just ride them, and like, but they're like had different mm-hmm. personalities. So you had Johnny the Stray Grunty, who um, you'd find in like a field, I think, and like if you could ride them throughout the field, then it was like. Wild, mm-hmm. and if you got off of him, he would run away, and you couldn't call him back. But then you could, uh, you could feed baby grunties different like vegetables, and they mm-hmm. would turn into certain gruntings. And one of them was like the like a French grunty, and he would say like he always end his sentences by saying "Mon ami." <laughs> oh, I love grunties. He goes, "Oh, kite, mon ami." Oh, so good. Definitely so one good. of the better. Uh, animal uh, mascot characters for a RPG series, in my opinion. The Grunty. Actually, I think instead of like a sheep pig, they were more like a pig horse. Yeah, that sounds more... I definitely can pick... I picture more of the the horse than sheep. Especially because you can ride them in this one. Yes. Google Grunty. Noble Grunty. (gasps) That's him! I'll do it. I'll do a special bonus uh, reenaction. Although I am now a gentleman, there is no need for two noble grunties in this town. Mon ami. <laughs> oh, mon ami, thank you. I've become a fine gentleman because of you. Grunties so are the best. <laughs> They're so adorable. <laughs> I love grunties. Rocker, oh, rocker grunty. Oh, rocker grunty. Oh my gosh, like yes. A, a skeleton grunty. Bony grunty. Poison. Iron like, there's grunty. A, oh my gosh, yes. Yes, yes. There's yes. a I'm lot good. of variations of grunty. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's, it's, it is so good. It is super good. It's like a chow. It's like chow from Sonic Adventure, but cooler. Much cooler. Because it's not in Sonic Adventure. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, Sonic Adventure sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so does number two, and so does 06. Oh, God, I just got done playing 06. I don't, I don't even want to think about that. Uh, I won't make you think about I don't it even want to think about that. So we're moving on to Morally Decadent from Reddit. First time I really explored Akanu, Mac Anu, 
and wandered around talking to NPCs. I remember encountering that one dude whose connection was lackey and it showed in his text and I thought it was the coolest shit ever. Now speaking in general, Skeeth and the Data Drain left the biggest impact on my 14 year old self. My friends and I used to play on our own LARP scenarios that took place in the world and it always involved someone going full retard, making lots of moist mouth noises like shush, shush, and living their best life shouting data drain at empty space. Neighbors were confused <laughs> and frightened, but we had fun. And yes, we probably we were probably too old for stuff like that. I also kind of nailed this English I also kind of nailed this English district wide competition in my 7th grade thanks to dot hack infection in Grandia 3. My three best friends were all very bad with English, so I had to translate everything to them, which in turn helped me greatly with vocabulary and overall translation speed. I also did character voices. It was great. And now I'm nostalgic. Now I'm nostalgic as fuck. Thanks for that. Well, and data drain. Thank you so much for your memory. That sounds fantastic. Those... It's cool. To, it's cool to hear somebody who wasn't a first like English first speaker mm-hmm. um, translating that game, like the game text, to his friends. It's so cool. Yeah. I'm wondering if he was kind of. Uh, I guess that he would have had to in English to translate to English. Never mind. I answered my own question, everybody. Gray UTT from Reddit says, browsing the desktop and wondering why actual computers weren't this fancy. It's true. 100%. Oh my gosh. Completely agree. It was pretty advanced for the time. It was very visually appealing and and slick, the, the user interface of this future desktop. Because, um, I mean, back then we were Windows, probably Windows 2000. Windows ME? Millennium Edition? Uh, only if you were a sucker who bought it. The rest yeah. of us were still running Windows 98. I don't yeah. think XP had come out just yet. No, I don't know when... But yeah, it was... It was right around the same time XP would have been coming. But yeah. Yeah. But yeah, because definitely prettier XP, than anything Windows or Apple offered. Yeah. Much um, better. Much, much prettier. Much prettier. And for our last memory from the web, we have Troublesome Turnup from Reddit. Black Rose being a pretty great, excuse me, Black Rose being a great strong woman to admire. Also waking up early on Saturday to hug my grunty plush and try to beat Skeeth before anyone woke up to watch TV. I guess we should also touch on this factor because not only is Black Rose and like several other female characters in the series like powerful and independent Mm -hmm. and strong um, also showing like moments of vulnerability. Black yeah. Rose has a really, really big um, character moment when she kind of reveals certain things to your main character in the beginning of Dot Hack Infection, especially. Um, she brings up a lot of things, and really, like you can definitely tell like mm-hmm. a relationship bloom between Kite and Black Rose that's left pretty ambiguous. Um, but what's also interesting is Dot Hack Sign was one of the first experiences I ever had in a medium where, like, a lesbian relationship was shown. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, two of the main characters, like, they end up in a relationship because they rom- they get romantically involved. And Tsukasa is a girl offline. And so she and another character, like, because they fall in love. And, like, so it's an exposure to, 
like that kind of a relationship, which even in the early 2000s, I know it's hard for people to believe now with like the progress that has been made in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. But this blew my mind. Like, wait, what? Like the, the main character of a show is different than what I, as a, a young white male, would expect. What? No. How, how dare they? How dare they be progressive and tell a story that <laughs> definitely means more to like certain people in the representation? But it was just great to see. Like looking back on it, it definitely changed the way I looked at mm. uh, sexuality because I was so young when I was exposed to that, and kind of like seeing the evolution of like, my my personal like views on things like that, and mm-hmm. kind of how things because like I'm a person of those times, like I've changed with the time. And like, even though I, like, I would never go as far as to say that I'm woke, but even though I'm far more aware of the plight of people who are not like me, um, like that was a pro- that was a slow progress. And it was a mm-hmm. slow progress for us as, uh, uh, like, it was a slow progress for us as a, uh, as a. I kind of want to say a civilization. Like, we're still lagging behind. We're still not there yet. Oh no, not close. Yeah. Yeah, but we're so much further ahead than we used to be. And this came out at a time when, like, this sort of a relationship would, like, was, it was heavily scrutinized. Yeah. The revelation that, um, like, today if you did this, it'd be like, people would be asking, well, people would be writing essays being like, well, is Sukasa like, trans? Yeah. And, like, that was just not even a, like, a, like, a real tangible thought for people back then. Mm-hmm. Like, because people, like, didn't really under, like, we're so much further than we used to be, but the idea of a character maybe being trans today, in, like, through today's lens, was just like, oh, like, a really deep emotional turmoil led her to pretending to be a boy online and pursue that fantasy of being a boy. Um, it, it's just, it's so different than what we would have had today. Yeah. But, like, Black Rose, Helba, Helba, who's, like, one of the most powerful characters in the game. Mia. Mia, who, Mia's actually not even a person. She's yeah. techni- technically Mia's non-binary, or actually, rather, <laughs> Mia is binary. Hi, <laughs> that's a joke, but it's also like a spoiler, so I'm sorry. Um, sorry, I shouldn't have said that, but it's too good to pass up. Like that's too good of a pun to pass up. Like that. anyway, but yeah, Black Rose, especially Black Rose's character as she evolves. Mm. Um, what's really cool is they put out a book series called. Uh, uh, dot hack another birth, which is the tales of uh, like the tale of the dot hack infection mutation quarantine and or quor- outbreak in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the four games through the perspective of Black Rose and kind oh, of goes deeper cool. into her personal experience, how she views kite, um, how their relationship evolves, and like I've read all of them and they're absolutely fantastic. They're an excellent. And it, you see it through somebody who is normally a strong person dealing with a lot of things that make them vulnerable, and learning to kind of accept that vulnerability with their strength and becoming better for it. And you see that just in the games themselves, but it's even greater in this uh, novel series. But just stellar, out of this world, like storytelling, in and out. Like the side yeah. projects of Dot Hack are just as good as the games themselves. So. Well, we have talked a lot about this game, and hopefully you have come 
away from our discussion, either if you have played it, you'll be reminiscing right now and feeling nostalgic and wanting to play it right after this, just like we are. Or maybe you were curious about it, You had maybe you've heard of this anime series, but not necessarily games, and you're wondering, man, this sounds really fun, but how can I play it? Well, luckily, this game in particular, this first entry, Infection, pretty easy to find, and it's pretty cheap. According to price, uh, I got these prices from pricecharting.com as of September 1st, 2019. Loose, just the game by itself, you're looking at about 10 bucks, around 9 to 10 bucks. Not too bad. If you want it complete, which includes the manual, the liminality uh, DVD, as well as the game, you're only looking at about 12 bucks. So still not bad. If you're looking for a new, still sealed copy, even considering it's a PS2 game, that'll run you about 50 bucks, depending on where you look for it. So still not crazy, considering the age of it and everything. So That game was 50 bucks when it came out. Exactly. So you're not the hardest time. You will have a harder time trying to figure out a way to play it or something to play it on. That's where your uh, money will go to finding a good way to play it. But if you have a PS2 or you have a backwards compatible PS3 or something, the the investment for this game by itself, it's low. It's a low barrier of entry, luckily, because it is a very good game and it sets up a lot of really interesting stuff. And like its name, it will infect you, and you'll have to shell out even more cash for the sequels. Yes. You will start, especially with the third and fourth games, the fourth game especially, you will start having to uh, fork over some serious cash. Quarantine Um, was... The problem was that the series sold less and less as future iterations mm -hmm. came out. And so by the time Quarantine came out, there was such a limited stock that got shipped. Yeah. And it was so rough to find. Yes. Yes. Yes, it was. But for any new players that might be picking up, we are going to leave you with a little bit of wisdom to help make your first time in the world a bit more pleasant. So I'll let Cameron go first with his tips for all you new players. Okay, so I kind of touched on it earlier. Um, Kite is a hybrid character. He's a a character who uses a class called Twinblade, which is a DPS-focused class. Um, Of the classes, there's quite a few of them. There's... uh, Shoot, I don't want to confuse it with any .hackgu one, so I just won't go into too much detail. But there are your typical spellcaster, um, DPS sword, and then tank characters who use um, lances and uh, lances, spears, axes, that sort of stuff, um, and then heavy blades who use great swords. So you kind of have like a mix of different kind of classes, but you don't ever have to strictly go with one or the other. Um, I used to run two heavy blades with me as a twin blade. And the thing about being a Twin Blade as a hybrid character is you can cast spells um, depending on your equipment and what, what you've learned. Um, but you're also able to use like deal out tons of damage as Kite. So you can play at support, you can play uh, DPS, but you are a hybrid character, so kind of keep that in mind. Um, also, don't be afraid to stock up on enchantment items, especially speed boosts. Speed boosts affect uh, out-of-battle movement as well, so you can actually speed run through du- dungeons a lot quicker. Um, and uns- like it's old school dungeon crawling uh, with a great story, but like it's old school dungeon crawling. So the great thing is you can stock up or even trade with other NPCs um, for these items, 
and you can kind of like stock yourself up. Like I don't think I ever stopped having 99 of like the speed boost in my inventory at any time because it also speeds up your attack, casting, uh, like everything. It speeds up everything. It's OP is what he's saying. Pretty much. Um, but you can also use other buffs. So basically think of it, it yourself as like a hybrid character who's in charge of like maintaining your party because they are controlled by AI. And so just like tons of items like or spells to like boost and beef up your party. Um, cast spells of your own. Like the great thing about Twin Blades is that they're pretty balanced towards magic stats and damage stats. But also try to avoid getting hit because you are not a tank. Um, but yeah, that's it basically for my... Uh, my advice my main advice is as soon as you can just start data draining stuff this will help alleviate a lot of you won't have to hit a wall with finding virus cores just just data drain and experiment with other playable characters because you will only control kite you can only control kite and like cameron said everyone else is on ai so basically as you would in a standard MMO, you send out a party invite and characters, if they're available, will join you and then you can run quests and dungeons together. So just kind of experiment, see which ones suit your play style and don't be afraid to try someone new. But yes, to try and alleviate any of those barriers with the uh, virus cores, just try to data drain as you go. And that's mine. We are on to one of my favorite segments of the show, the monster of this week, and it is Ski, the Shadow of Death. And as always, I will go over his stats. Now, initially, uh, his stats are, he's level 99, he has infinite amount of HP, SP, he has no elemental weaknesses, nothing. So you have to data drain him, and then afterwards, after the data drain, he remains at level 99. His HP is dropped down to 4,500. He still has infinite amount of SP. He still has no elemental weakness, no elemental tolerance, and no element to himself. He'll be shooting you with Earthquake. He'll heal himself with Rep. He'll also be hurling a deck dew at you, which reduces your movement speed. Suvi Lei and Moom Yin Lei. Um, Suvi paralyzes and Moom Yin will put you to sleep. And from it, from your data drain, you will be rewarded with virus code. If none of that makes any sense to you, just play the game and it will. So there you go. everybody that is going to do it for this episode of rpg university huge special thank you to the visiting professor mr cameron abbott thank you once again my friend for joining and talking about this fantastic game with me uh, it was my absolute pleasure thank you so much for having me and i can't wait to see more from this series it's incredible well i will graciously host you anytime you want to talk about we still have three other games to get through or six if you include GU, plus all those other amazing RPGs you are passionate about. But you work and write for the lovely 
website, Handsome Phantom, what can people expect coming from you? What do you got cooking? Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, what I got cooking is um, some really badly uh, MS painted memes. Uh, oh, that sounds that fantastic. To, uh, to my great uh, sadness, my editor-in-chief has told me I can't use this thing. The headliner, like the headliner photo anymore, um, because that was a thing that he just would let me do for a while until he realized, wait a minute, these aren't official photos. <laughs> he even threw me found my bad MS painted things on like some of the most trafficked stuff that we did, and he's like, no more. Um, you can expect more bad Microsoft Paint uh, images. You can expect more, um, you know, articles that range between news and editorial. Um, I don't have anything in particular just cooking just yet. I have a couple of ideas that are kind of forming right now, but um, you'll definitely see something from me soon because uh, I like my editor is on my like it's on me to write something, so something will be coming out soon. I promise. And that's just handsomephantom.com, correct? Yeah, handsome handsomephantom.com. Which, by the way, also we have a slew of awesome podcasts. Um, there's there's an incredible uh, Evangelion, Neon Genesis Evangelion uh, podcast going on right now. The Handsome Phantom podcast is stellar. Uh, it's made up of like just some really great, like some really great commentary about games, strictly about games. Which Neon Genesis Evangelion rewatch podcast is obviously not about something else, but um, like th- they're a stellar group of people, and I'm honored to be among them and work with them. I think that's enough word vomit. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. If people want to follow you on Twitter, you got a Twitter or anything? Yeah, I got Twitter. I got Twitter. I'm known on Twitter as the unsexiest comedian at unsexiest comedy is me on Twitter. Perfect. Perfect. Well, once again, huge thank you to Cameron for hanging out with me this evening. And for me, you can, of course, find me on Twitter at SolidSnake120. You can find me taking over occasionally the Irrational Passions Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash irrationalpassions. Be sure to check out all of our great content over at irrationalpassions.com. We do a bunch of editorials and guides and all sorts of good stuff. You can also find our previous episodes of RPG University on Spotify, iTunes, and Pinecast services so check those out we we've had a number of them so far and i hope you enjoy them and also remember for every subscribe like five share or five star shares this the mana tree grows another leaf skeeth weakens and you all become more of my friends and as rpgs have taught us friendships and friendship can solve any problem. So thank you once again, everyone, for listening. We hope you had a great time. Have a great one, and class dismissed.